Welcome back to the Benenberg Show, your favorite MBA and high school dropout, talking about everything crypto, startups, entrepreneurship, business, and life in Dubai right now. How are you, Berg? Amazing. Mate, I'm going really well. We had a brutal week last week. I was exhausted, caught up with my mate yesterday at his uh, work drinks. That was awesome. Beautiful sunny day today. Went for a walk, caught up with my team. It was just, it's a good day, man. I'm enjoying it. I'm Amazing. loving life. How are you, mate? I'm good, man. I'm excited for today's episode. It's the, the Bitcoin episode. Uh, How good? Not a better time to wear my Bitcoin shirt. Pull this one out, mate. I haven't worn this in a little while. Put out the... Uh, I'm not sure you can oh, see, did mate. you find your iron, mate? <laughs> or no, is it self-ironing Bitcoin this is, shirt? This is self-ironing Bitcoin shirt. I can't <laughs> iron, man. Um, <laughs> dude, I think there's never been more important time to speak about Bitcoin right now with the fucking world just uh, absolutely imploding. So we're going to talk about everything there with the macro that's going on, crashing fair currencies, why um, there's lack of trust in governments, rising inflation, why Bitcoin is so good right now. Then we're going to talk, well, Berg, you've got a, a few pretty interesting points around why people probably don't know um, or what people don't know about Bitcoin, some more interesting things. Definitely. I've fallen in love with Bitcoin again and I jotted down a few things, some interesting things that people might not know or might not understand that I just find really fascinating so fascinating and we're also catching up on our accountability of the week let's go and we're gonna see if we did the hard things or if you're gonna you know suck it down (laughs) and have to pay 500 bucks to the bar tab for the benenbergs party when we have one mate um well i've got good news to use bergs because uh we'll save it for later but i'm I'm not paying up that's all i'm saying (laughs) you wouldn't pay anyway mate (laughs) yeah i know (laughs) uh and uh, and then we also want to talk about a little bit about the metaverse. I'm here in Dubai. It's all about the metaverse here. So much money being deployed. Where we think the metaverse is going, um, and just generally, yeah, some some sort of key takeaways of uh, what I'm learning over here in Dubai around crypto and the blockchain summit over here. Uh, and then, as always, our meme of the week, middle of the week, and gratitude and kindness. So let's get into it, mate. Let's let's kick into it. So. Look, macro right now, I've seen people comparing um, this market to like the equivalent of World War Two. Like it's it's pretty fucking brutal out there. They've gone right to World War Two, not just GFC, like bang, World War Two. Yeah, they're going like rations and hyperinflation. <laughs> equivalent and, to mate. that. And and they're saying it could get worse, um, you know, which is which is pretty fascinating, right? Um, so what, what we're seeing across the world is like a, a flee into the US dollar. So we're seeing people fleeing into uh, out of their own currencies, out of stocks, out of not even even bonds. People aren't even buying bonds right now. It's all going into cash. It's all going to US dollar, and countries are moving their capital into the US dollar as well. Yeah. Um, and what this happens, you get this sort of supply squeeze when there's not enough dollars, you know, floating around. Um, you get this increase in in the US dollar, which is why the US dollar is sort of staying stagnant, if not going up, and everything else is kind of imploding around it. So we saw. The, um, the Australian dollar, um, you know, it's had a bit. I think it's had a bit of a crawlback um, over the last sort of you know few days. But the Australian dollar, British pound, everything is really collapsing around it. Um, you know, we had the largest trading volume um, of I think it was the British pound into Bitcoin the other week. I think it was wow. last week in a, in a twenty four hour period. Yep. And I think this is really coming from a lack of trust of governments. You know, we've got the Fed and government control continuing to print money and continuing to make decisions to try and keep the economy running. But the reality is like, it's it's all heading in one direction, that's south. And, you know, for me, um, you know, I was, I, was sp- I was speaking to a guy from Africa the other day and he was saying that, the, I think he said that the inflation in Africa in the last 12 months has been 40% in one year. Yeah. Like, can you imagine that? Can you imagine 
40% yeah. inflation. And the function of inflation is to erode capital. So any capital that you have, any commodities, money, Bitcoin, gold, it erodes the value of that. Mm. Shares as well, if it's denominated in your currency. And imagine losing 40% of your wealth in a year. Not only are you losing your wealth, but prices are going up too. Yeah. So the money that you earn, you have to spend and it's costing 40% more. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely nuts. So like, I think this is one of the biggest uh, gateways or uh, you know, bullish things around Bitcoin, right? So we, we, with Bitcoin, you know, we, we're sitting around, what are we right now as of time recording, 19,000. So we've been sitting around this 19,000, 20,000 US dollar for a little while. And the fact that the Bitcoin has stayed at that price range for so long, for me, is really bullish. Because it's showing to me that it's actually, although you know it is down, but if you look at tech stocks, if you look at um, if you look at uh, most of the the stock market, a lot of those companies, like you look at Snapchat or Tesla or uh, you know even Amazon, uh, Meta, all of these companies are down forty to eighty percent on their own. So Bitcoin yeah. is is about the same, but we're holding up pretty strongly right now, and I think over the next few months and years, the narrative of lack of trust of governments, lack of trust of banks, lack of trust of anybody is going to filter into having Bitcoin as a potential alternative where you don't need to trust governments, you don't need to trust people, you're trusting code and software. You know exactly what the hell you're gonna get every day from Bitcoin. And as a limited cap supply asset, that has a deflationary nature, which is the complete opposite and uncorrelated to the monetary system, I think it is so, so, um, you know, uh, exciting for yeah. people that need to get their cash that's slowly eroding away their purchasing power into an asset that is actually holding its purchasing power. This is exactly right. And even things like interest rates in Australia have doubled in the last like four months. Mm-hmm. It's so crazy. Like petrol's $2 a litre. Things are getting expensive, right? And you're holding Aussie dollars. If you get paid in US dollars, and I know quite a few people that do, their purchasing power has actually increased against the dollar and they'll convert it when they need to spend. And, you know, like last year, the year before, we were talking about Venezuela and what's happening there and people were laughing, oh, it'll never happen to me. Well, guess what? It's happening right now. Yeah, literally. Like literally. Bitcoin is also denominated in US dollars. It's holding its value and the Australian currency is going down. And the, the use case of Bitcoin is becoming stronger and stronger. And I'm really looking forward to decent capital inflows going into Bitcoin because it's like actually functionally what it does. It's you know, people are understanding like, that more. Well, so I, like 99% of my liquid wealth is in, um, is in, is in Bitcoin, in crypto, Bitcoin, Ethereum. Um, it, I don't even touch it. I don't even look at it. I completely forget about it. But, you know, I, met, I asked my question this, like if I didn't have my money in Bitcoin, where would I have it? Right. So I've thought about this a lot and generally for me, and of, of course we talk from a place of privilege and luxury where we have surplus capital to what we spend and we get to choose where we put it. We're not living hand to mouth. We're not living day to day. We're not making super hard choices that some people have to make. We're lucky mm-hmm. we've got a bit left over at the end of the week. Mm-hmm. And I heard Michael Saylor say this and it made so much sense. He gave this you know, one hour rationale as to why. I'll give you the 20 second version. Mm -hmm. If you need your cash within the next couple of years, put it into the US dollar. If you need it within four years, put it into Bitcoin. Mm. Four years plus. Mm. And that makes a lot of sense to me. And again, not financial advice. This is just, you know, sailor talking. And really that makes sense because if you look at how everything's competing against the US dollar, how their economy is doing, how everything's denominated in US dollars, the demand for US dollars, 
and you have to you still got all the trust you've still got everything they're still able to print but that is the strongest currency that we have on this planet to put your money in mm. if you need it short term mm. if you need it four years plus start looking at things like bitcoin mm. like learning about that understanding it and it's a better value proposition i think mm. personally long term yeah I totally agree yeah, and I'm definitely in that longer than four year bucket. You know, you just put it away and you, and you forget about it. And it's really it's holding up relatively well. Like if, if I was to put that money into you know the same time into any stocks or anything like that, it'd be absolutely plummeted. So yeah, I, I'm definitely holding this for ten you know ten plus years. Or you know, I may sell some in the next cycle when things get out of control. But for right now, I'm sitting pretty 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 happy. Same, and I'm just holding on to it because one day I'll need it. I'll <laughs> need the magic internet money. Like that'll be the standard. Or my daughter will need it if it takes longer. Something yeah. like, you know, we can see what's building here. We look into the future. We see what's going to happen and we're preparing for that. Yeah, for sure. Now, do you want to give us a few items or data points that people may not know about in the Bitcoin world? All right, mate, let's go. So this is this may be super nerdy stuff, but I find it really interesting. So we talk about Bitcoin and Bitcoin doesn't actually exist in the code base, right? It's just Satoshi's. So Satoshi is like the smallest unit of account and it's 100 million satoshis to one bitcoin now bitcoin did a really interesting trick where everything's denominated in bitcoins but if you denominate it and we go there's this 21 million cap if we denominate it in satoshis it is 2.1 quadrillion satoshis so could you imagine bitcoin sitting at the top of the chart and the supply is 2.1 quadrillion instead of 21 million mm. how does the narrative change around that like, is that isn't that like saying though, like uh, it'd be like saying we just start talking about, you know, payments in cents than dollars? No, because cents and dollars are really close, right? So yeah. like there's 100 cents per dollar. Yeah, yeah Satoshi's yeah. is like 100 million to a Bitcoin. So it's like we just started Shit. talking in, we started talking in like billions. Do you think, and we just, we didn't think about millions, thousands or hundreds. Do you think one day when Bitcoin is at such a high price... You know, you're not going to go into the coffee, you know, in the coffee store and, and order zero point, you know, a coffee for zero point zero 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 seven three of a Bitcoin. Do you think at some point when the number is so high that we switch to Satoshi's as the the denominated? This is interesting. I think currency. for now, when you go to a coffee shop, it'll be denominated in dollars because that's the base currency. Mm-hmm. I think once we get to the future, where things are denominated in Bitcoin, it will be the amount of Satoshi's. Yeah, yeah. So do I. Yeah, cool. I like it. Absolutely wild. All right, here's the next one. So a lot of people know this, but I want to reiterate it because it's super, super important. So you don't have to buy a whole Bitcoin, right? You don't have to spend 19,000 US dollars. You can buy one Satoshi and you own Bitcoin. One Satoshi is 0.02 cents. Everyone can afford this, right? (laughs) And you need roughly 4,584 Satoshis for one US dollar that you put in. And this is why we say stack sats. So you keep stacking Satoshis more and more week after week after week, $10, $20 every week. And eventually you build your way up and you work your way up to having a Bitcoin. But you don't need to have a Bitcoin. You just got to be in the game and get off zero. 100%. Yeah, you don't need to buy a full one. I think the uh, Nathan wrote up an awesome post a while back um, about the power of owning one Bitcoin and what it would mean to own one Bitcoin in the future around like, you know, being able to, be financially literate in the crypto space, being you know having the capital and the credit balance to be able to take out loans with that Bitcoin, being one of 21 million people, you know, however, there's 7 billion people in the world, there's only 21 million Bitcoins. Like that's a very low percentage of the world that can actually have this. 
So cop th- exactly right. So cop this. There is not enough Bitcoin in the world for every millionaire in the world to have one. <laughs> and, so we have and, more than and more sorry, than twenty one millionaires. Yeah. Yeah. In the world. And guess what? Millionaires own a lot more than one Bitcoin. <laughs> exactly, right. Exactly. And this is it. Like Another one is Satoshi holds a million, dollar, uh, a million Bitcoin, right? So this is the creator, the initial account. It hasn't moved. Uh, it's worth about 23 billion US dollars. <laughs> and it's about 5% of the supply. So already that's gone down. And when we talk about supply, uh, chain analysis confirmed about 20% of Bitcoin has been lost forever. So 3.76 million Bitcoin have been lost forever. I didn't realize Satoshi owned a million Bitcoins, really. That's fascinating. So 25% is pretty much locked or gone. Already. And you think about that with chain analysis, you can't really confirm it uh, because, you know, someone could be holding onto it. The thing about back in the day where like, you know, a thousand Bitcoins are worth like a dollar. You wouldn't care. You just leave it on your computer. You know, you trash your computer. That's why all these guys yeah. are at the rubbish tip looking for their bloody old yeah. computers that have like $10 billion worth of Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's absolutely crazy. Um, and again, there's only 1.3 million Bitcoin available to buy on crypto exchanges today. So if you think about it, 1.3 million people can buy a Bitcoin. That's the liquidity. After that, it's gone. That's why we see these squeezes where you know people are trying to get at Bitcoin and the, the order book just gets eaten up and then you start to go to the high price and people actually run out of Bitcoin to sell mm. on exchanges. Well, we saw that in the, the last price market. crazy. Exchanges ran out of Bitcoin. They literally physically ran out of crypto. So like when you get this scramble, people are just chasing higher and higher prices because there's uh, you know, illiquidity. Yeah. So an analogy of that is like, uh, if, you're, if the world is running out of Mars bars and you only have five Mars bars left in the world and everyone wants a Mars bar, there's going to be higher and higher bids to, to get a Mars bar, right? That's what happened, yeah. what's happened in the last bull market. And it's uh, a self-fulfilling prophecy as well where you want the Bitcoin, but you have to pay a higher price. So you pay the higher price, but that then drives the price up further. Yeah, literally. <laughs> right? yeah, and you yeah. see this insanity because you want it and you want to hold it. Yeah. And that, that is not the time to get in, folks, <laughs> if you're doing that. Now is right and we saw time. Bitcoin go up like $1,000 to $2,000 per day. Yeah. And you're like, bloody hell, Like this is yeah. just crazy. Yeah. Absolutely insane price action. Uh, here's another one. You can lose your Bitcoin, obviously, by losing your keys. But you can also burn your coins. You can send them to the burn address, which is a wallet that can't be accessed, or you can send them to another chain. Generally, you can't do that anymore because a lot of the wallets will stop you and say, hey, you can't send to this address. Yeah. But mate, having heart attacks when you like you type in your address and it's like, did I type in the right thing or did I put a space in there? Where am I actually sending this? And once you've sent it, there's gone. There's no give backsies, mate. It's just gone. <laughs> <laughs> Sending it to the burn address, that's an absolute, uh, that's, oh, a, that's a ballsy move. Oh, mate, that's it. That's it. Um, a lot of people do it though like Binance do that quite often where they've got a big supply and they start to burn it so their supply decreases so yeah. the demand in effect bounces yeah. out and increases and has um, price action because there's less of it around it's mm. a really good mechanic mm. interesting alright here's another one so I love this one so your bitcoins and your tokens are not on your ledger or hardware wallet they exist on the blockchain only and you just use that as a way to interact. It's like a key to unlock it. But I love this part. I love it so much. You control those coins until you die. And then they move on to the next person or they get stuck forever. You never really own them. You can just move them around on the blockchain. You, you can't just, like take them off the blockchain, do yeah. things with them, put them in your house. You literally just move things around. The train stays on the train track at all times. Oh, how wild is it, man? It is just, it is, it blows my mind. And then... <laughs> 
you don't you actually don't even own the coins you just what you do is you have access to unspent transaction outputs and that blows my mind that's like a really deep topic but when you go into it you're like oh my god too much (laughs) so good all right let's do let's do a couple more so there are almost a hundred thousand bitcoin millionaires and rather there are a hundred thousand addresses that have more than one million bitcoin in them how wild is that one million dollars worth of bitcoin wow it's so crazy and here's here's one for you okay i've got two more to go this one's for you ben so bitcoin's 21 million limit can be changed it's not an immutable thing it's conditional right it's conditional on a lot of stuff it's not this is it it's forever it can be changed so so how does this happen it's a difficult thing to do but it can be done so what would have to do happen in the process to increase or increase the limit of bitcoin the devs would have to get together and they'd have to propose a change, like a bit kind of change, uh, Bitcoin improvement protocol. And they have to write the code to implement it in Bitcoin Core. After they've done that, the community, like the Bitcoin community, all of us would have to agree on an activation path resulting in a hard fork. So that's basically a split of the Bitcoin code. So, and what a hard fork is, is something that was not allowed before is now allowed. And that's when you have a hard fork. All nodes on the network would then have to adopt the changes and they do that by installing the software and running that version of the software or they're forced off the network because the things that are now allowed, they wouldn't allow with their old software. Both miners and nodes would signal their support for the change and the change would be activated. And then nodes or miners who refuse the change are forced off the new network and they operate on a minority fork, which was the original Bitcoin network. And this is similar to Ethereum Classic. And then the two networks compete for market share. And we saw this in 2017 with Bitcoin Cash and Bitcoin Core, where there's two chains that are being mined by different miners and they're competing for market share. And of course, Bitcoin Core won. But all of this being said, it's very, very unlikely to happen because it would destroy Bitcoin's issuance and its monetary policy, right? And that would obliterate the value that's being created and the main value proposition. So why would you do it? And why would you vote for it if you're incentivized not to? Yes, it's possible, but very, 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 very unlikely. Um, it's it's so remote and so many things would have to happen in order yeah. for this to go ahead. It is absolutely crazy. And then the final one is the PowerPoint example. Uh, sorry, PowerPoint. <laughs> so how much energy does Bitcoin use? So this is from uh, Michael Saylor. And I'll put all the um, references in the notes. And just quickly, everyone's like, oh, proof of work uses way too much. It's ridiculous. They uses too much electricity. Generally, the arguments you hear are horseshit. So energy usage is not carbon footprint. So it is not putting heaps of carbon. This can be hydro, it can be renewable energy, it can be a bunch of stuff. It's just energy. The world generates 160,000 terawatt hours of energy per year, 160,000 terawatt hours. Of that, 50,000 terawatt hours of energy are wasted. We just don't use them. We don't consume them. About a third of that. So a third of the energy we create is wasted. Of that 130 terawatt hours is used to run the entire Bitcoin network. Let's put this in perspective. We generate 160,000 terawatt hours. Only 130 is used to run the entire Bitcoin network. That's about 0.25% of just the wasted energy. The energy that goes nowhere. You just fucking shoot into earth or whatever you do with it. Think about that. Energy that's not even stored. So Bitcoin is the bitter of last resort for energy. If you've got energy you've got nothing to do with, 
pump it into Bitcoin because at least you get some money back. 100%. And th- think about it. Bitcoin is a $300 billion network secured by about $2 billion worth of energy per year. So it's two cents per kilowatt hour of discarded energy that has zero value. Two cents per kilowatt hour. And the marginal value of that is zero because you just send it away. Mm. And if you and the current cost of energy is nine to 13 cents per kilowatt hour. So mm. not only are you getting that cheap energy that would have been wasted, you're putting it into something to create value. Well, that's what we saw in Texas, right? They were using excess energy at some of uh, their grids, the power plants, when they were like wasting all this energy, they just started mining Bitcoin. One, because the, they're not doing anything else with the energy, so it's basically for free or no additional yeah. cost. And two, it's securing the network and they're getting remunerated for securing the network. So, you know, it's, it's a much better um, yeah. monetary system that allows people to validate the network and use, as you said, excess energy that's just being wasted anyway. 100%. And if you think about it, like I love the example of creating a power plant. When you create a power plant, you know, it, you create it for what you need now, but also the future. So you're creating this huge thing. You can only spin up like a quarter of it or half of it, whatever it may be. With Bitcoin, you can spin up the whole thing and store that value. Mm. You can actually do something and you can manage the load on the grid as well. And when we think about this, everyone's like, it costs a lot of energy. Okay, let me put this into your brain. Think about how much payment system costs at the moment. So you've literally got FPOS. FPOS somewhere, you've got that machine that use the internet that connects to a bank. You've got all these people in the bank. You've got branches. You've got huge offices full of bankers that have heating, cooling, electricity, computers. They drive to and from work, creating all that, you know, that huge carbon footprint. It is absolutely ridiculous. If you add all of that up, you start to really see the value proposition with Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. It is such a false argument. We just have to set the record straight, mate. Yeah, done. Mic drop. That's good work. <laughs> Mate, love it. Absolutely love it. One thing Mate. I absolutely do not love, uh, what I want to talk about is CBDCs. And Ed, Oof. my co-host on Decoding Crypto, is an... Oh, the abs- one you're cheating on me with, mate. That's <laughs> yeah. the one, right? I don't blame yeah. you. She's much better looking. Shout out, shout out to Ed. She's an absolute legend. Um, <laughs> uh, she... Uh, she's she's basically got me onto the train of you know completely hating CBDCs. And to be fair, I didn't like them anyway to begin with. But he, she, sorry, really, really dislikes CBDCs. Do you um, want to define what they are, Ben? Yeah, so CBDCs are central bank digital currencies. So they are digital currencies that central banks, uh, i.e., like uh, the government, basically are creating for different countries. And the Australia, Australia's in the pipeworks, America's in the pipeworks, um, India, uh, everywhere, all central banks are wanting to create these central bank digital currencies because they basically give the the central bank and the governments more control and more transparency as to what everyone is spending their money on. And they can yep. you know, um, use the technology to do faster payments and, and that sort of things I, I totally get. But for example, in, in India, they just announced the e-rupee, so it's a digital central bank digital currency. Now, I want to be clear, they are not cryptocurrencies. They are central bank digital currencies. They're not cryptocurrencies. They are centralized, not decentralized. They are owned by the central bank. And Bergs, what I'm really worried about um, in terms of where this could go to is a is a, is a state of, of countries where cash isn't a thing anymore because no one uses cash anyway. There's going to be some point in time when societies become cashless. And then the only currency that is being used by majority of society are central bank digital currencies. 
you are losing all control of your finance yep. and your money. The government then has complete visibility on all your transactions. They yep. have complete control on your money. So let's just say, for example, there's a minority group um, or a particular opinion or viewpoint of the world you have and the government doesn't agree with you. They have the ability, if they want to shut you down, they have the ability to shut out you from your money. And this might seem crazy, but it literally happened recently in Canada when the truckers were protesting in Canada. They were starting to shut down people's bank accounts that they knew were protesting in Canada. And people were fleeing to Bitcoin as a way to actually continue to to pay for goods and services and and, and their meals and water um, as a basic human right, it was shut yep. down by the government. How scary is this? How wild is it? And people need to understand. They're not like, oh, the argument is always, oh, I'm not doing anything wrong. Therefore, you know, I've got nothing to worry about. I don't need to worry about my privacy. No, motherfucker. Privacy is the default. Everything you do should be private. You mm-hmm. have that as a basic human right and the societies that we live in. Talking about, you know, Australia, Europe, America, these types of societies. Privacy is the default. You have cash. And a lot of societies are removing cash from circulation. Like a lot of countries no longer have $100 notes. Soon it'll be 50s, then it'll be 20s. They'll remove it altogether. What we have today is a majority of people have money in their bank. If you go to your credit card statement, what that is is a transaction history of who you've interacted with, at what time, how much value you transacted with them, where you were, and what you were doing. There are a lot of times where you may want to do things and not have people know about it. Like if I donate to a specific charity, you know, or if I, a church organization, I might not want that. If, you know, my bank doesn't agree with it all, all of a sudden the people in my church or whatever go absolutely crazy and now I'm affiliated with them. And we see this on the blockchain with people that enact, in, interacted with Tornado Cash, their addresses got blacklisted. Mm. But what also happens is you get dusted where people will send stuff to your account from those blacklisted addresses and on and on it goes. And really where this is all leading is groups that shouldn't have that ability to censor and control are able to do that. And we see this now in tech. We see it on Twitter where you can just be silenced. Twitter silenced the president of the United States of America. Let me say that again. They silenced the fucking president. Who is in charge here? That is an American company and you can go, you're not allowed to talk on here anymore. Imagine the stones on you taking on the president. That's now happening, happening with banking and where we spend our money. And your bank account will just get closed because they don't like you doing something. Spending it on crypto, donating to a charity, doing a certain thing. It is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. And, and these centralized currencies, you have to understand. At the moment, the money that you have and you put it in the bank, it's not there. Like 5% of it's there, if that. It's literally a SQL database in the background moving numbers around. All they're doing is they're creating another layer on top of that, giving it a fancy name, but it's the same thing. And it will have more interoperability and ability to for overreach and to run reports and view things. Because at the moment, yes, the banking system's connected, but to kind of get data, they're disparate data sets, they're different systems. This will bring it up to a level where it's so easy to see where the money is and who's doing what in your society. It is frightening. Yeah. So... Just to make it clear, central bank digital currencies are not cryptocurrencies. They're centralized. They're complete opposite of what we believe in with decentralization and Bitcoin. We're owning your own capital. It's not tied to anything. 
Uh, and yeah, I'm not a fan whatsoever. So, no. Nah. Interested to see how it plays so, out, yeah. <laughs> yeah, fuck those off. <coughs> Don't want them. Like, I, like some things like are okay. Like if it's to efficiency to get money to people when they absolutely need it, yeah. great. If it serves those purposes, do it. But as soon as you get that currency, get the fuck out of it and get 100%. into something else. Hundred percent. Now, the other thing I want to talk about just while we're on CryptoBurks is the metaverse. So being over here in Dubai. Oy. The metaverse is a huge, huge um, trend over here. Metaverse and NFTs. And I was actually speaking with someone from Decentraland um, the other day. And it's really interesting to hear what they're working on and what they're building towards. And even being over the conferences over here in Dubai, like it's all metaverse, metaverse, metaverse. Dubai are actually building and have already built a international uh, metaverse for business for a business hub so like Dubai is in the physical world they built the metaverse edition where they're attracting and actually building this accelerator they're actually funding businesses to come into the metaverse and build their business in the metaverse to meet and collaborate with other international businesses there super Amazing. fascinating you can imagine this world where you're throwing on the VR you're sitting in your home in you know Melbourne or Perth wherever you are you're meeting with your colleagues across the world in this metaverse. You're, you're walking down. You're, you're, you're looking at different businesses. You're, you're attending events. You're going to fashion shows. You're watching a concert. You're meeting up with buddies. You're playing games. You're collecting NFTs. You're wearing yeah. different clothes. You're wearing your, your Gucci outfit, which then you leave your metaverse and you enter a PlayStation game and you take your metaverse NFT with you. And now you've got your Gucci character over there. Fascinating, man. Fascinating. So good. You showed me some of the um, booths that were at this conference you went to. They're literally like two-story houses. Like you can go into it. It's phenomenal. If Dubai is doing something, mate, they're doing it large. That's where it's at. There's there's no small stuff here, man. (laughs) Yeah. And you see this as well. So to put this in perspective, Gartner, who's um, a company that does a lot of research, in 2026, they're estimating people will spend at least an hour of their day in the metaverse, an hour of your day, which is huge. And that's pretty much going to eat into the time that you would spend on your phone or you're going to do it at work. And with work, Microsoft just announced a partnership with Meta. So Microsoft is teaming up with Meta and all of their VR, AR stuff is coming to Windows, Office, Teams, all the stuff that everyone already has embedded in their organizations and like 99% of the organizations in the world run off, which is absolutely wild. So you can imagine the next iteration. Everyone was scared to do remote when COVID happened, right? And guess what? It was already built into the majority of your Microsoft shit. Yeah, you have to configure some stuff, but you can go remote and it worked. What's the next iteration of that? You know, let's reduce our costs, have smaller buildings, let's have virtual meetings, let's fly less. Let's have more is security that, around so our people. Is that fascinating? Because we went in the COVID world and everyone was like loving working from home and then people started to get a bit sick of it. People, you know, you don't have the connection, you're not seeing friends, you're not talking to people. Now the next edition of that is you're still working from home, but you're getting that connection through virtual worlds. So... Exactly. And I've done this with a couple of my mates. So uh, I've got an Oculus Quest. I go in there, even like Facebook venues, you can go to like conferences and like Diplo was DJing. And I'm like, this is wild. I'm sitting in my PJs just like bouncing along. It was the sickest thing. And just talking to people and having virtual rooms where you have like whiteboards and you can, it's like a lot better than video conferencing because you can get around each other. Yeah, the graphics are a bit hokey, but like you can actually write on boards. You can pull up documents, you can share them, you can pin things. It actually works quite well. Yeah. I think the hardware is still lacking a little bit in terms of development. I'm sure there's a shitload of money being poured into that, but oh, yeah. to, carry, to carry around big ass fucking goggles and look like an, a complete idiot, like I feel yeah. as though we're still very, very early in that sort of sense. But the you know oh. things that there's a lot of money being poured in. 
I think once I've had a few breakthroughs, especially in the hardware space, it's just going to be exponential. Yeah. It's like, you know, when mobile phones came out, you had these big brick phones and you had a suitcase and your hair would go from the static. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. And then you got like smaller brick phones. Then you got like Nokia 3210. Yeah. Then eventually you got smaller, smaller phones and you got a smartphone. Now you can do more on it. It's just it's just deep tech and hardware iteration. But literally, it's just going to be like the glasses you've got now, or they'll just beam it straight into your head with Neuralink. Yeah, so sick. Like literally, your smartphone is just an extension of your brain. It's outside of your brain, but yeah. everything you have is in there. Your life, your notes, ability to... Con- okay, this is what smartphones are. So if you think about it back in the day, if you could have... If you could answer any question, you were all-knowing, or you had telepathy where you could just, you know telepathically communicate with someone you can literally do that with smartphones you can ask google any question you'll get the answer instantly i can pick up a phone call any of my friends or video chat with them and we can talk like across the entire world instantly as if we were telepathic yeah how wild is that yeah that's great like it's these absolute superpowers man yeah I love it, man. <laughs> mate, out, now, like it. <laughs> let's 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 get on to this, mate. Let's get on to the accountability of the week. We <laughs> How did you go, mate? Did you go to the gym five times or Fucking did you not, son? Crushed it, son. Oh, here I we was go. At that gym. I've been going to the gym every day since. I'm I'm about nine days. Oh, sorry, I had the weekend off. But uh, yeah, five five days in a row. I haven't done that in goodness knows how long, and I'm backing it up this week as well. Dude, even when I was hungover, tired, miserable, felt like shit, couldn't be bothered going to the gym, I was like, fuck so, that Berg's blood so, job. Yeah, so <laughs> oh, Ben's sending me these photos and it's him at the gym and he's like, fuck you, I ain't paying shit. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. It was so good. Dude, the accountability so, event, it's, uh, it works. It's amazing. Yeah. So I did mine. I did my yoga sessions. I did more than the five and um, I'm feeling really good, man. Nice, feel nice and loose don't like have any back pain or anything like that and i literally did it because the 500 dollars doesn't bother me what bothers me is losing to you that's ridiculous <laughs> yes. that fucking stings I, I and you will say it for the rest of my life 100%. you will have that over me and i'm not willing to have that 100 <laughs> percent. oh mate so do we have another one for this week have you thought of one that we can do bearing in mind it's thursday and we're probably going to record on monday so it might have to be a shorter period one. Is there something that you've been putting off, like a conversation or doing your taxes or whatever it may be, something that's really hard that you need an accountability partner for in order to achieve and knock that off your list? Yeah, I've been thinking about it. I, I, it's a tough one, right? Because I yeah. feel as though... I feel as though already I've been doing harder things. Like just even since the gym thing, this accountability, I've been trying to be more accountable with myself. So on the weekend, last weekend, I took the whole weekend off, no Slack and no email, which is yeah. I have not done in a fucking long time. That was uh, that was crazy. So that was one. The other one, I was I was trying to get some time off. So um, during and you the week, that in. I, I so I had booked that in for today and tomorrow. That's not happening. Um, <laughs> so we're going to have to rebook to another day off. Um, maybe, maybe you got to be putting something off, mate. Maybe it's a maybe. Oh, I don't. Maybe it is a day off. Maybe I do need to. What about you? Have you got something? I do, but I don't want to say because I don't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. You're so doing... I've I've been putting this off for like five years, man. Like it's oh. been 
that long, right? And it's a relatively simple thing to do, but in my head, it's it's just a see you next Tuesday of a job, mate. Like it is. <laughs> oh right. right. So <laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it because I'm like that. This is selling my arcade machine. So oh. you've been to my house. I've got a few arcade machines, a few too many. Yeah. And there's one in particular uh, that I need to sell. It's a Bishy Bashy machine. Um, there, there is another one I need to sell as well, but I just won't have the time between now and then to like fix it up to be able to sell it. Yeah. So with this one, I have to take, I have to fix it up a little bit, which would be two to three hours work. Take photos of it. Oh, fuck. Put it on like Gumtree and Facebook. Have absolute dogs bail me up about it. And then come to my house and tire kickers and all this sort of shit. I just don't want to do it. I fucking hate it. It's going to be shit. But because I'm about that life and I'm about personal growth, mate. Actually, I talked to one of my mates and like yesterday I was at his work drinks and they're like, what's the podcast about? And I was talking about it and he's like, it's a personal growth podcast. And I was like, oh, that's gangster. Yeah. Like the stuff that we talk about. Okay, so this is my thing. I have to put my arcade machine up for sale. I can't control whether it sells or not, but I have to clean it up, get it up to spec, move it out, make sure it's all working, connected, fix a few things on it, solder some wires, take photos of it and put it up for sale. And I've literally got like three days to do it. Fuck, that sounds like shit. 500 it's bucks, horrendous. Mate. 500 bucks. Lock it in. Uh, Lock it in. You're okay. lucky you get off this week. I've got no, I've got one. I've got one. All right. So I'm trying to get a, like a real KPI here. So um, I I am trying to reduce my social media time. We've been speaking about this for a little while, right? Oh. So yeah, I'm trying to reduce yeah, my so I'm looking I'm looking at total screen time, but I like I'm looking here and I genuinely use a lot of this, so, you know, like Google Meet, WhatsApp. So, you know, Safari, like I'm, I actually need that yeah. stuff. So I don't want to just like blanket a like total phone screen time down. I'm looking at either. Choose an to... app. So I've done this before with one of my mates. Okay. And he chose Instagram and YouTube. And he has to show me a screenshot at the end of the week of how much time he has used. Now, to be fair, for YouTube and Insta, you do post stuff to those. Yeah. So you can just do it on your MacBook but it's your phone time that you want to minimize, right? Okay, no. Let's, no? let's reassess right. it. Let's reassess this. So I'm looking here last week, right? Last week, last week's average. Here we go. You want to see my stats? Let's let's talk stats here. Oh, lad. Here we go. Last week, last week's average, I spent five hours on my phone a day. Per week? Or, fucking hell. All right. What were you doing? Um, Let me check mine. So five hours on average. Uh most of this, if I look at, can I look at averages here? Yeah, so so most of this, okay, so over the course of a week, 34 hours uh, was spent on, on my phone. That's wild. In a week. So uh, if I look at, how do I get the percentage of Instagram here? So if I use five hours on Instagram. Yeah. 14% on Instagram. Uh so that's not too bad. I mean, what's that? Fourteen percent plus. If, okay, if I add TikTok and Snapchat, that's that's another hour each. So we're talking about eight hours out of the thirty-five. So twenty-two percent of my time of my phone is social media. The rest is WhatsApp, 
Google Meets, YouTube, Safari, yeah. Uber, Google Maps. <laughs> Spend an I've, hour on Google Maps because I'm in Dubai. Telegram. Yeah, so mine is today I've spent 43 minutes on my phone. The most of that is Twitter and LinkedIn and that was actually for work. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. here, what I, what I want to be accountable for. I actually want to be accountable. Oh, fuck, here we go. I've always, I have thought about this in my head. I want to do this. So I, when I get my best work done, I don't use social media in the morning. Because I get up, I get into the day, I'm hustling, I'm yep. vibing, I'm like, I'm, I'm clear. If I get up and I look on social media, I'm sort of cloudy and I sort of aren't that, I'm not that into it. Bergs, I am committing next week. Oh no, for the next four days and next week. This is, I want to, like, this is two episodes. I want right. I want to do this all next week. No social media. No Instagram. Let's, let me just confirm this. No Instagram, Twitter. Uh, Snapchat, any of that shit before lunchtime every day. Oh, mate, I'm going to bail you up and give you notifications. I'll then just see you <laughs> open at your dog and I'll see you and I'm going to bail you up 50, no, for 500 bucks, mate. You'll be like, oh, I'm man, you've got to, you to so see, this, you see this on oh, Instagram right now, man. Right I'm going to bait now. you. I'm going to create all these hot girl fake accounts and send it to you, mate. <laughs> you got no chance first thing in the morning. So my plan is I'm going to, I've got, no, I don't have notifications turned on for any of those apps. I'm not going to look at them, not going to think about it until after lunch and then I'll, by the way, I've tried to do this before and failed miserably every time. So, here we go. oh mate, I've I've got no faith in you whatsoever. <laughs> this is going to be brilliant. Like, oh, the bar tab going to be huge. <laughs> oh mate, this is brilliant. This is brilliant. so so good. Okay, good luck with the arcade machine. Oh That's mate, I'm probably thing. not going to do it, eh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so painful, so painful, mate. Oh bloody hell! Now uh, we we do have a new segment, and mate, this is failure of the week. So. Ooh. I had a failure and I just have to tell you about it. So this one was, it's coming, the weather's heating up and you know, the first thing you do is you go out on your lawn, you check your sprinklers, all this sort of shit. So one of my sprinklers is like all the way down, the grass has grown up and it's not popping up enough to, you know, get good coverage. So I go out there and like, I'm digging, digging, digging more, more, more. It's like this deep, this deep, this deep. And I'm like, fucking hell, I'm just like swearing, you know, getting all of it out. And then eventually like undid the sprinkler and had to put a riser in. So instead of being that short, it's now that short and then you put the sprinkler on the top. So I'm doing all of that. I'm bloody cutting my fingers. There's dirt all under my nails and everything because the bloody gloves weren't working. It was just a shit of a time. <laughs> so anyway, put the sprinkler back in. Everything was tight. It was good, but there was a lot of sand in the pipes. So what you do is you just put a little um, little nozzle and then it all flies out. So there's a couple of guys next to me. They're playing basketball next door. I'm like, oh guys, just move your bikes off the lawn. I'm going to turn it on. Go turn it on. And you know, the water starts firing out. Great. But then it just stops. And I'm like, oh, the fuck? So I went over there and there were like little like rocks and everything caught in it. So I thought, yeah. oh yeah, no worries. I'll just like undo the thing, put my thumb on the top and it will just fire the other way. So I undo it. It's like half undone. And mate, the whole thing just pops off and bang, just like literally within a quarter of a second. It's like I jumped in the ocean, mate. And I was like, oh, for fuck. I was just so, I was like, oh my God, people are walking their dogs. Everyone's looking at me. It was just ridiculous. And then I'm like, oh, look, whatever it's done now. I'm soaked. I just walked and then turned it off. I'm like, great. This is all sorted now. And then like the people are just looking at me like, and I'm like, what? I got wet, like big deal. And I look down at myself and mate, I'm just covered in sand. I've got sand all over my face, all in my eyes, everywhere. And it's like, it's not the nice sand. This is like the dirt, black, dirty sand. So I had to go under a tap. Wash my face, and the more I wash it, the more it's making my face all black. I've got shoe polish on. It's bloody grating into my head, 
and it's just everywhere, mate. And it's just on my shirt and I can't get it off. And I, I have to go back out, spend another half an hour tidying everything up, go in the house and the missus is like, the fuck happened to you? <laughs> and I was soaked. I, I was soaked right down to my undies, mate. Like it was a good soaking. Like, <laughs> Oh, dude, that's hilarious. I can just imagine. I didn't have a story that good. But dude, I've had an absolute ring in with a washing machine last week. <laughs> this fucking washing machine. At the best of time, I hate doing washing managers. Like, I'm just not good at all this sort of stuff. Right. I'm, what I've found out, I'm actually not good at much else, actually, outside of <laughs> crypto. This is the thing you have to understand about successful people. They're <laughs> hyper successful in a sliver of their life. And when it comes to normal things in life, they're absolute potatoes. <laughs> ben is the classic example of this. <laughs> Mate, I'm an absolute fucking walking broccoli when it comes to anything outside of <laughs> crypto. I tried to wash my stuff the other day. So I, I put all my stuff in the wash, turn it on. His clothes. Clothes. Yeah, clothes. Um, great. Cool. Yeah, I, th- I think it's washed. By the way, I don't know this. There's like 15 different like buttons and settings. I don't know what any of it means. There's like little like icons and they're all so confusing. Finally washed it. Then it's I, the simplest uh, thing in the world. Everyone does it, mate. Then, then I need to <laughs> you try. literally run a crypto startup. That is complicated, right? And you're like, oh, I can't figure out fucking three buttons, mate. <laughs> so I turned it to what I thought was dry, which was this like little thing that looked like a fan or like a, I don't know what it was. It looks like a tornado or something. I was like, okay, well, that the air, you know, that must be washed. I mean, a dry. Turn that on. Go away, come back. I need, I need some clothes. Like all my clothes in. I've got no clothes in. Come back. Like four hours later. The fucking, mate, the clothes are wetter than they were before. I said, what the fuck is going on here? This is not dry. Try a different one. I said, oh, that looks like, it's like a sunshine and like a t-shirt. Okay, that looks like good. Turn it on. Come back. That's line dry, mate. What are you talking about? Fucking wetter again. I'm like, I can't dry these fucking things. End up getting help. (laughs) from Call the help. Amazing. Needed help to find the dryer. Finally found it and uh, and and everything was uh, speaking span. Now I have not touched the washing machine, and I get I just put it in the bag and to do the laundry here. So <laughs> look, look at this, look at this guy, useless, useless. You can't, last week you, you tried to iron your shirt, and it was crinklier <laughs> than when you started. <laughs> I had it. Okay, you have so zero go- <laughs> life skills. You are what's wrong with Gen Z, mate. <laughs> I had a date, listeners at home. I had a little date over here in Dubai. Get out my my one nice shirt. Fucking crinkly as all hell. Pulled out of the suitcase. Looked like absolutely... Me, me going out shit, mate. Me going out shit. Looked like absolutely terrible. I was like, fuck, I have to iron it. I was running late as per usual. Running late. Fuck, I need to iron this thing. Spent 20 minutes ironing. No shit, 20 minutes ironing it. Trying to fill water in the iron. Like trying to press the buttons. You know, it goes... Ksh, ksh. I was like, fuck, I don't know what I'm doing here. Ironed it up. Put the shirt That's on. steam, bro. Steam. <laughs> That's what gets the wrinkles out, mate. Just pro tip, pro tip. <laughs> <laughs> Dropping valley bombs. You're Put the in shirt Dubai, on. mate. Honestly, Put just the, wet your clothes the under the water. On. Walk outside and you're just drying <laughs> like two minutes. Put the shirt on 20 minutes. I was feeling so excited, so proud. Fuck, I'm going to look good this day. Put the shirt on. I'm walking in front of the mirror. It's fucking crinkly as all hell. I was like, what the? It looked good on the ironing board. What's going <laughs> Mate, what are you doing? You just look homeless all the time. Why <laughs> <laughs> wear t shirts? <laughs> There's literal courses for people like you to learn basic life skills. <laughs> Don't have time for that, mate. Oh, mate, come on! It's like a, it's a one day course. It's like how to not die. <laughs> oh, so good. So Just outsource good. it, mate. Just outsource it. 
Oh, so good, man. Mate, shall we get into uh, meal of the week? Let's let's crank that up. Let's do it, man. Do All right, let first? me load this up. So you can go. You can go first. Let me just share my screen here. Okay. I am so excited about this, Bergs. Um, this looks amazing. This has become a staple of my uh, my consumption of uh, food this past two weeks. So I moved into this new hotel. I'm now in Business Bay in Dubai. And downstairs, they have this Mexican place. And dude, their burritos are so fucking unbelievable. These look fat. These look like this, like... Dude, mate, like, I'm literally I'm literally having one a day. I'm about to go down and have another one after this. It's not it looks like It looks like risotto inside, mate. It, dude, like, it is so fucking good. So this one here, we've got rice. That's like literally risotto rice. It's amazing. We've got black beans, steak. You've got steak yeah. and chicken and black beans mayonnaise and uh, cheddar cheese wrapped in this Ooh. huge tortilla and dude the service is great everyone in there is buzzing this guy comes in we're, we're like we're like dapping it up as we come in he's like man what's going on what do you want today like I'm, I've become a local here I'm going there every day so good get this Mexican cola they, I've got a seat they take me to my seat they sit me down they give me like these like tortilla chips and, and oh. dip while I'm waiting. It's like an open open um, kitchen. So all the guys are like flinging tortillas around, like cooking up. Mate. Such good vibes, man. Unbelievable. But this is this... probably and oh, but there's another there's another burrito, mate. That's got chips in it. And I can't. I don't even know what's oh. it. That was unbelievable as well. This is a nine point six burgers. Nine point six. Yeah. Unbelievable, mate. That's yeah, that is up there. It looks yeah. like it's got all the major food groups in there. Even the beef in there is cooked really well. You can see it's medium rare. It just looks amazing. It's great, man. And it's fat too. Like this thing's oh, fills yeah. you up, man. It fills you up. It's it's like a dirty kebab, but not super bad for you. Yes. Only half bad. Only half bad. <laughs> How good. Oh mate, right. that's amazing. What are you for us? All right. So this is Holy part one shit. of my meal. So this was a Whitloff salad. And this was amazing this in itself was like a 10 out of 10 right so whitloff is like a, a small little vegetable tastes quite bitter and it's got parmesan walnuts some random kind of you know micro herbs pear and it had this amazing dressing over it it was just like a fresh vibrant amazing salad and ben i needed this salad because what did i have with it chicken burger yes oh dude this looks legit is that bacon oh my yeah mate this this it looks filthy but it was amazing so it was like lovely like potato bun amazing cheese with heaps of flavor heaps of bacon the lettuce was just crisp as you bite into this thing and the flavor was incredible it wasn't greasy at all and that is because it was like pan seared chicken mate it was unbelievable like this thing had so much like glaze and flavor in it. You can see the grill marks there. It was just amazing. Like this was cracking. This was cracking. <laughs> I'm going to give it, this and the Whitloff salad combined, a nine out of 10. Nice. And the only reason it didn't, oh no, actually 8.5. The reason it doesn't get it is because they put pineapple in it, which is great, but they always put in the pissy little ring of pineapple. My burger's this big. I don't want a pissy yeah. little ring of pineapple in there. Put two in there or sort it out and get a proper sized pineapple. And the other thing was, because it was pan seared as well and there was so much in there, it did fall apart, which is uh, fine. Yeah, it could be my heart. I could have cut it in half, could have done all this. Yeah. Mate, I was hungry, man. Yeah, I was hungry. I wanted it. to get yeah. at it. Yeah. So eight and a half. I would gladly eat this again at any time, mate. Love it. This was delicious. It was so good. Amazing, mate. Now, now you got a meme for us? 
I do have a meme, mate. <laughs> so here is the meme of the week. I've got, I've got a couple this week. So this is a couple and it says, my parents in their 30s, let's buy a house. Me in my 30s. And the guy just looks decrepit, rings around his eyes, hasn't shaved in a million years, looks like he works in Web3. And it says, well, I guess I can't afford to have teeth. Like literally, your parents, let's buy a house. You, I can't afford to have teeth. Dude, you and- made a... Oh, sorry to interrupt. Keep yeah, going. Go no, no, no. You made a comment to me the other day. We, we had a call with a, a with someone. <laughs> and your comment to me was like, he clearly looks like he's in Web3. He's soulless. He looks like he hasn't <laughs> slept in a month. He has no emotions. He looks defeated. He looks like he's oh. hating his life. He looks like he's in Web3. <laughs> he, he legit looked like this guy here. And he was putting in a token effort. We have to drag yourself out of bed and you barely perform. You're just a robot. You're on your 70th coffee. And I was like, oh, lad, I don't even want to like, you know, like normally when you like the meeting that we were in, you'd kind of be, um, you push back, you'd be a bit adversarial. I was like, oh, nah, this guy, mate, he's had enough. He's, he's had, had enough. enough issues in his world. I've, but got this, this, I've got empathy for him. Oh, for sure. And I like this because that's the reality of people back in the day. Let's buy a house. And now you're like, I can't even afford teeth. I laughed at this for like five seconds. And then I was like, oh, this oh. is actually really bad. And I was like, this, this is the situation of a lot of people. Yeah. And that's why I love this meme because it hits so hard. It's putting a truth out there, getting a message out there, but in like a kind of fun way. Yeah. All right. I got a meme just for you. So this is airlines when you're twenty you're only twenty minutes early to your gate, the SpongeBob is like, Ah you're only twenty minutes early. And then airlines when they delay your flight by four hours, they're like, Ooh, sorry about that guys. And this is like classic Ben every day. Man, I they, hate it. <laughs> they stitch you up. This is also banks as well, where it's like, oh, you know, interest rates have dropped. They're like, oh, we have to look at our finances and see how we do that. Oh, it might take a while to reduce your rate. And then it's like, oh, if they go up, bang, that day, here's bang, another half percent. Suck yeah. it. Yeah. Like instantly. Yeah. Dogs. When, it, when it's for me, it's happening now. When it's for you, don't care. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. And then I've got a meme for me as well. So this is when you're getting ready to tell the homies some gossip. <laughs> And there's a cup of tea with five spouts on it going into five cups. It's just so good. It is so, so good. Get around, have a cup of tea and have some gossip. I loved it. This one made me laugh so much. It's like, oh, lad, have you heard about this? <laughs> so good. They they are the memes of the week, man. Those ones made me very happy. Now, have we got a, we got a kindness for the week, Bergs? So I was thinking about this. Uh, my kindness was kind of too private for the pod but what I did want to talk about and I've been thinking about this for a while is I need more perspective I need to get out of my own head realize how good I've got things and I also need to help as well and this comes towards volunteering and a lot of people are like volunteering is an act where you give up your time and you do something for someone else but they need to understand it's also a very selfish act like people do this for a reason because they want perspective or yeah, they want to help people, but they want something out of it. They want perspective. They want to feel good. They want to feel yeah, like they're giving back. Feel- they might want to teach their kids something. You want something out of it. Like it is definitely a trade, your time for something else, but you can do good along the way. And I wanted to ask you, man, like how did you go about that? Because you did some volunteering a while ago. Yeah. How did you find what you wanted to do? What did you end up doing? And then... How did you feel about it and have you done anything since? Yeah, I volunteered at a food uh, restaurant shelter thing where homeless people come in and eat for free. And I I did a lot of preparing and cooking and worked in the kitchen. 
and it is fucking hard, man. Like I worked in it, it was like a four hour shift. At the end of the day, I was so cooked. And then was like chopping up like a million onions and fucking cooking and all this sort of shit. It was actually really tough. It was really nice. Like it, it was a feel good thing, but it was actually, I found it, I, I found it actually too difficult to work in my schedule, you know, to, to volunteer for yeah. four hours of it. Cause, and standing on your feet in the kitchen, like it's hard work. I shout out to all the people that, uh, you know, cook and do all that sort of stuff. But yeah, it's, it's. It was, I found it difficult to, to fit in with my schedule. That was the only issue. Now I'm traveling and it, it's hard, but... Because um, I used to I, do I, quite regularly like volunteering my time because I used to work at the hospital, working yeah. for a not-for-profit, and that was just easy to do. Yeah. Doing talks or helping people or mentoring people, whatever yeah. it may be. See, I, I think you've got to find enjoyment out of it too. Like I didn't particularly enjoy that side of things. Like I didn't find that much fulfillment out of it. What I find... I prefer is like, you know, teaching students, for example, around like business or crypto yeah. or like, you know, going to a school and talking to under um, privileged kids around like how to build a business out of business or, you know, I'd love that. That stuff makes me feel good. And I would do that for free every day of the week. The um, one the one I would do for free every day is teach people either like basic IT skills hmm. or teach them about finance. Yeah. Like I used to get a kick out of, even at the hospital, I was chief digital officer, but I still go around and I help people on their computers with basic word stuff. And it's yeah. just, you can help quickly. You can teach someone something yeah. and it just accelerates their life. These yeah. are like basic life skills that you need to have. So I think, I think you just find something that you enjoy and you find passion over and that you, you can volunteer. Like, I think that's a good spot to start. Yeah. Awesome. I already, like I do volunteer stuff. Like I'm on the school board, those kind of things. Yeah. But it's not hands-on active it's not regular it's not something I've, i have to commit once a month to go to a meeting and read some notes yeah and also the other side is i probably want to do a family activity because you know the station of life we're in we are we are a comfortable family for, yeah. for now yeah. and my daughter sees that as well and our friends are comfortable we're on a similar income level or education yeah. level socioeconomic level is probably a better word for it and we don't see a lot of things we only see what we want to see interact with things that are comfortable yeah and we just need better perspective on the world. Yeah. So I'm going to investigate this and hopefully I can report back next week. It might be short because it's only going to be four days, but we'll see how we go with that. So how about you, mate? Do you, do you have a gratitude or kindness? Um, I do. I do have lots of gratitudes, actually. Yeah. So definitely for our team, man. So we went yeah. through yeah. a shit of a time last week. Um, yeah. We had a lot going on in the company. And just grateful to have the team that we do rallying around each other, supporting each other, and just getting after it. No matter how hard things get, we're all there to work to work hard, but then to do what needs to be done. And a lot of things are way out of people's job descriptions, but people still show up. They still support each other. They call each other out. They, they check in. They make sure that everyone's okay. It's just amazing. I'm so grateful to have that team. Because going through, you know, the things that we went through last week, uh, without that kind of team, would have just been so yeah. difficult. Shit ass. Yeah. 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 I agree. Double down on that. The other one is uh, for me, kindness of the week is just the people, the service, um, whether it be taxi drivers, Uber drivers, people in restaurants, the hotel people. Like everyone is just so nice here. Like everyone, you know, greets you by, you know, you know Mr. Ben or Sir or like, how are you? And like, how can I help you? Like everyone's just wanting to help out and make your life like so much easier and better. And it's such an awesome place to be like i actually really like dubai it's, it's awesome absolutely man so good um i've got one because i'm gonna throw i'm gonna throw you on not throw you under the bus but i'm gonna put you on the spot here i want to add yeah. a little quick segment called tech tip of the week 
All right. So something that you've used or you are using that has changed or improved your life from a technological aspect, could be a mobile app, could be software, could be hardware, could be whatever, uh, that our listeners can, can take away. I'll, I'll start us off. Um, I want to, uh, my tech tip of the week is uh, Time Shifter, a mobile app, uh, which for anyone that does international travel, Time Shifter, you basically plug in the flights you have upcoming and it tells you hour by hour leading up to when you leave, when you should yep. sleep, when you should have coffee, when you should see daylight to improve uh, your jet lag. So you basically arrive and you're not really jet lagged at all. So I use this whenever I travel internationally and it's so fucking good. It prepares you two days out and two days after and it basically makes the whole process smooth as hell. Because of those people that know traveling internationally is just an absolute bastard and you know, you're know you super tired and you're out for like a week after because you're so cooked. But this app really, really helps. So That's amazing, man. Yeah. That is so good. All right, tech, tech tip of the week. I'm going to have to think about this one. You've just sprung it on me, mate. All right, what's, what's some tech that I use regularly? I use a lot of apps, but then it's more setting up tech. What tech do I have? What's a mobile oh, app? Okay, this, this, is, this is one that really helps me. So this is on Windows and it's called Fancy Zones. So oh. you have to install a thing called Power Toys and you get Fancy Zones. So I've got a huge monitor. It's like 32-inch ultra-wide screen. Yeah. And what you can do with Fancy Zones is you can set up your screen any way you want. So you could have three little panels you can have eight oh, yeah. panels you can have nine whatever you like yeah and when you're working i just automatically like i've written a little script like a little batch file just look up yeah. how to write a batch file and you can execute all the programs you have so when my computer starts it'll automatically load up and all those windows will just snap to wherever you need to be nice so nice, it, nice. my desk my space is already set up and bang, away you go. And it literally saves me like five minutes every day from loading up all that crap and going. So if you're on Windows, you want to install Power Toys, activate Fancy Zones, and then look at how to write a batch file for startup. Mate, you would hate living my life of just laptop everywhere you go. No, oh, no this big Like screen. I've got a laptop and I barely use it, man. Like yeah. it's only if I'm going out somewhere and I absolutely need it. I'll be on my phone and I can use that. Yeah. But if I need to type somewhere, it's literally just web-based stuff because... I've, yeah, got like, you know, Discord up here, Slack there. Then I've got like a couple of pages side by side. And yeah. oh, it's just perfect, man. It just gives you just bird's eye view of everything. Saves you heaps of time. Brilliant. Okay, well, we might wrap it up there. Uh, everyone, thank you very much for listening. Uh, if you like this episode, we'd love to hear from you. We've got our Discord uh, link. You can join in our little Discord group below. Uh, you can subscribe to the podcast so you get alerts whenever we do a new episode where we release these every week. Uh, and we'd love to hear from you. If you like it, you don't like it, give us some questions, give us some topics to talk about, leave us a comment. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Amazing. And uh, hit us up on Twitter, at BabyBakeBerg and at BenSimpsonAU. And also shout out to all my Web3 DGENs. I love the Aussie follow Aussie. We're single-handedly going to bring back the bull market. We're going to yeah, manifest yeah. it. Yeah, Get on Twitter, fly your Aussie flag, make people know you're Australian, you're in Web3. They will follow you. It is amazing. I gained a bunch of followers. It's the most engagement I've ever had. <laughs> made me really happy. And even found a few people that listen to the pod. Like shout out to Crypto J. He was like, oh lad, where is this? Where's that restaurant you were talking about? The sashimi where it just melts in your mouth. And I'm like, oh, it's in Perth maybe. Probably not in Perth. Like, no, I'm in Perth, son. I'm going to take the missus. This is so good, man. It is amazing. Connect with your people. I love it. I love it, man. 